I'm your host, Annie Bowles, and this is News Du Jour. Hey, you guys, and welcome back to the News Du Jour, a calmer space to consume the news. So somebody who's up on their astrology is going to have to explain to me why all of my tech is breaking down in the past week or so. So for the past five, six days, my email has not been working, and I've been reaching out to customer service through our hosting constantly, and they keep telling me, oh, it's fixed. It's just going to take like 48 hours to get going again, and every two days, I've been reaching out to them saying, guys, it's still not working, or I have a new error message. What's this about? Um, and then our garage band, my garage band on my computer went nuts last night and I wasn't able to record for you guys. So I really apologize. Whenever tech breaks for me, it seems like there's 10 things breaking at once. And that is what's in the water for me right now. So I'm really sorry if anything hasn't been working for you guys. I am receiving emails right now. So, um, If you email me at the email address that you already have or that's in our show notes, I will get it and I will respond from a different email address. And that's just what we're working with right now. Send up a little prayer for me, guys. I am on (laughs) the brink right now with all the technological stuff going on. Anywho, I wanted to go ahead and thank our sponsor here right at the top. Do you have a lingering skin issue that you can't seem to get rid of? Have you thought about going to see a skincare professional and then thought, when would I ever have time for that? And won't it be expensive? If that's you, I've got you. Protea is a woman-owned beauty business based out of Virginia, but here's the thing. They specialize in virtual skincare consultations. Yes, so you can be on your couch in your sweatpants. You don't have to go anywhere, but you can get top of the line advice within your budget and guidance from a trained skincare professional called an esthetician. They also have a top of the line cruelty-free skincare line that is produced here in the US, so they can recommend products that they know will work for your skin. Your personal skincare professional will always recommend the products best fit for your skin, but if that happens to be a Protea product, they donate a Skin Confidence skincare kit to an unhoused woman for every purchase. Y'all, I could cry. I love supporting a business that is both woman-owned and gives back. When you support them, you support our podcast. Book your consultation today at www.bookprotea.com. Okay, and without further ado, we will jump into the news for you guys. I have an extra long episode prepared. Let's dive in. So first up, we have three mini stories. Twitter, now known as X, just announced that they are now worth less than half of what Elon Musk paid for them. He spent $44 billion on the company that is now worth $19 billion, according to the New York Times. 
Ouch. For our second mini story, this is heartbreaking to have to share, but unfortunately, I wanted to let you guys know that according to The Independent, police were warned months in advance that the gunman in Maine was dangerous and that he was planning such an event. I'm so sorry to all the victims that this warning fell through the cracks and fell on deaf ears with the police. We have to take these warning signs seriously or else people will continue to pay with their lives. And lastly, for our mini stories, a man in Maryland has died after receiving the second pig heart transplant. This was something that he knew was a big risk going in, but he wanted to take it on in order to try to advance research and potentially give himself a little more time with his loved ones. His wife said he never thought he would live as long as he did, and he had the pig heart in his body working since September 20th. So he's a really brave person, and we really appreciate his sacrifice. And now, without further ado, we'll get into the longer stories. This one's actually really quick here at the top, but I just threw it in because I wanted you guys to know about it. So Biden on AI. This week, President Biden issued an executive order on the subject of artificial intelligence. The executive order says that the U.S. will develop ethical standards for AI, such as like detection mechanisms and labeling mechanisms, so that people can understand when they're reading something that was created by a robot or watching something that was created by a robot, that that is what they're watching and what they're seeing and what they're reading. There are so, so many already identified dangers when it comes to AI, but businesses are also already rushing in to use it to optimize their production. So the U.S. is woefully behind the times when it comes to tech legislation, as we have talked about a million times on the show. But this is actually one area where President Biden is making sure to lead the pack. Let's, you know, keep our eye on this and we'll definitely keep you guys posted. Okay, and then for our second story, I actually have two Trump court updates for you guys. Let's jump in. First and foremost, Trump in Colorado. So this case is actually insane, you guys, and I'm spending some time right now educating myself on the specifics of everything, but I wanted to give you guys kind of a bird's eye view of this case. Very insane, but the state of Colorado is looking into President Trump's January 6th activity as a potential violation of the 14th Amendment. They can potentially bar him from being on the ballot in their state should they find that he did violate the 14th Amendment. The trial is now underway. Nothing like this has ever happened in our country, needless to say. This case has everything to do with January 6th, the violence that ensued then, and whether or not President Trump called for this from his supporters. So we'll definitely keep you guys posted. Like I said, they're just starting this trial. So, you know, it's going to be continuing for a little while, I would assume. And I will dive deeper into these details and help us to understand this case a little bit more because, again, completely unprecedented. And our second Trump court update, 
Donald Jr. testified in court yesterday in New York. He is named as a defendant in the lawsuit. Again, this is a civil case and it is a fraud case. Eric Trump is also listed as a defendant as well. They ran the family business together while Trump himself and Ivanka were running the country. Ivanka was originally named as a defendant, but Letitia James actually dropped her charges, citing that her involvement in the company was too far in the past. But she will nonetheless be taking the stand herself next week. As of now, she does have to testify testify about what she does know about how her family operated within the family business. With a number of Trump Jr.'s answers from the stand, he tried to distance himself from those who actually like wrote up the financial documents. You know, he swore to the court that he simply signed the documents that his team brought to him and trusted that they had done their jobs. So this gives us a little insight into how the Trump camp might be playing this. They might try to say, you know, it's more negligence than, you know, knowingly defrauding the state of New York. So we'll definitely keep you guys posted on how this pans out. And for the remainder of the episode, we will be giving you guys updates on Israel and the war. This obviously comes with a content warning. This story involves war and all its horrors. So an Israeli airstrike has hit a refugee camp that they say had Hamas operatives who planned October 7th hiding underneath in tunnels. This camp was in northern Gaza, which is the area that the Israeli military leadership urged people to flee from. And based on the large craters in the ground, it definitely looks like there were tunnels underneath. And I'm saying that solely based off of what I've learned from the New York Times experts who said that hitting tunnels can leave large craters in the ground because of that empty space. It sort of creates the suction effect that we've talked about before on this podcast. This is what Israeli leaders mean when they say that Hamas uses Palestinian civilians as human shields, quote unquote. They tend to deliberately bury themselves underneath the most sympathetic civilians, you know, hospitals and children and refugee camps. In particular, Hamas leader named Ibrahim Bari was the target of this attack, and he was killed in the explosion, according to Israel. This was a very densely populated area, and about 50 people were killed in the attack, according to Palestinian doctors who spoke to Reuters. Hamas officials, though, said that 400 people died. It is really important to be aware that Hamas has repeatedly reported much higher death counts than Palestinian doctors. They also deny that this man, Ibrahim, or any other Hamas officials were there, and they are saying that this was Israel's excuse to kill civilians, according to statements reported on by Reuters. But 50 civilians killed is 50 too many. Reports came out via Yahoo News of children carrying other children who were hurt or killed. My heart is absolutely breaking for them. And this is one of the biggest tragedies to unfold from this conflict. 
Fortunately, though, one of the major announcements for today is that Egypt has agreed to take in wounded Gazans and treat them at hospitals in Egypt. So far, 81 people have been transferred from Gaza to Egypt. Netanyahu spoke out saying, quote, Calls for a ceasefire are calls for Israel to surrender to Hamas, end quote. Hillary Clinton also spoke out on the subject of a ceasefire, saying that those calling for ceasefires, quote, don't know Hamas, end quote. Hamas is actually known to have violated many ceasefires in the past. Ceasefires only work when both sides can agree to stop and stick to it. They even had a ceasefire as recently as 2021, according to the AP, Al Jazeera, France 24, and many more news outlets. Obviously, Hamas violated that this October the 7th. So Israel simply does not trust the concept of a ceasefire with Hamas, and instead they plan to fully take them out. I also wanted to talk about today the hostage video that was released. So since we have talked, another hostage video was put out by Hamas via Telegram. The women in the video are believed to be under duress while it was filmed, according to the BBC hostage expert. Only one woman addresses the camera, according to the BBC, who has seen the video, but to be clear, they will not publish it in accordance with international humanitarian law. So I personally have not seen the video. It is really important to never share any video footage with someone under duress because it can be used to spread false information or make it seem like they're fine when they absolutely are not. Experts from around the world are analyzing this video, though, and they know who these women are by name. The woman who spoke spoke very angrily at Netanyahu. She was extremely emotional, blaming him for them still being in captivity. They are probably being fed lines or, at a minimum, being fed limited information about what's going on. Hostage experts for the BBC explain that in an instance like this, hostages are rarely able to view the news for themselves and typically have a very slanted understanding of what's happening. They are simply told about it from their captors. He said that the woman speaking, quote, becomes almost uncontrollably emotional at the end, end quote, and that it was, quote, extremely hard to watch, end quote. There is so much happening in this war that is hard to watch. And I just wanted to issue a reminder here at the end of the episode to make sure you are careful about where you are getting your information. I am seeing so much information stated as a fact that is simply inaccurate. And it's always from an account that is not an official source or is an extremely biased source really look at who is saying what. And that's why in this episode and in all of my coverage, I always am annoyingly, you know, throwing in my sources. Reuters said this, Yahoo said that, New York Times said this other thing. 
I want you guys to know where I'm getting my information at all times, because especially now with AI on the rise and with, you know, so many accounts resharing stuff that doesn't make sense or just isn't true, we all have to have our guard up and come at things with a really critical eye because the truth matters. And now more than ever, we are all held accountable for what we reshare and making sure that what we're saying is truthful. And that for today is the news du jour. Today, I wanted to leave you guys with the quote, those who say it can't be done are often interrupted by those doing it. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on whatever podcast platform you use to listen. A rate and review on that platform or a shout out on social media would mean the world to us and help us to be able to keep creating the news du jour and reach more people who need a calmer space to consume the news. But the best way to support all of our work is to become a patron at www.patreon.com forward slash sugar free media. And that is also linked in our show notes. You can follow us on social media at newsdujour.podcast on both Instagram and TikTok. You can follow my personal account at it's Annie Bowles on both platforms as well. Any little noises you may hear in the background are my rescue pup. He has a little separation anxiety and always records with me. We appreciate you listening and look forward to telling you about the news again next time on News Du Jour. Broadcasting from. Oh. Oh.